You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 219. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Eagle. I hope you're doing great. I hope you're staying safe. So many people I know now have already gotten a vaccine, which is certainly exciting. I hope that we can all get it in the next few months. And gosh, maybe there is some light at the end of this pandemic, right? Now, of course, I never know when you're going to listen to this podcast. We are in uh, end of February time frame in 2021. And We're just looking to leave our houses without masks at some point, to get back to normal kids in school. Um, It's been a lot. It's been a lot for so many people, and I hope that you are hanging in there. Now, today we are going to talk about debunking a lot of workout myths out there. It's kind of funny how many workout myths there are now, and we're going to go through 15 of them, and you might believe in some or maybe have thought that some of these were true, but I want to debunk them for you. Before we get to that, I just wanted to let everyone know that I do have a monthly newsletter. It is a free, completely free newsletter, just like this podcast is. And every month in the newsletter, I include a nutrition tip. I include a workout tip. I include a new recipe that I tried that month that I loved. I only post a recipe that I love. Uh, Oh, the last uh, newsletter had my new granola recipe, which was amazing. Um, But if you want to get on the newsletter list and get the free information, why not? It's free, right? Just go to earnthatbody.com forward slash newsletter. And it's also a great way to get discounts on my programs. I offer a monthly discount as well. And there are things like my meal plan. I do have a one week meal plan. I have an ETB online recipe book, um, things like that, that often get discounted for all of my newsletter followers. So feel free, earnthatbody.com forward slash newsletter, jump on the list, make sure that you're getting as much free information as you can if it helps inspire you to get fit and healthy. Now, we're gonna get to debunking workout myths after this. And now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, we are gonna talk about trees and mental health. This is actually by Dr. Andrew Weil, a favorite MD that I follow. And he says that there is new research from Germany that has found that despite a recent rise in depression in urban areas, being an inhabitant of a home surrounded by trees is actually linked to a reduced risk of being prescribed antidepressant drugs. The researchers analyzed data from nearly 10,000 residents of Leipzig, I don't know how to say that exactly, it's a mid-sized city, who were taking part in a university uh, study, an adult health study. And the lead author, environmental psychologist Melissa Marcel, wrote that the presence of tree-lined streets can help close the gap in health inequalities between different socioeconomic groups. Another researcher noted that the investigation shows that everyday nature close to home, the biodiversity you see looking out of a window or when walking or even driving to work, school or shopping, 
is important for mental health and especially now given the reduction in time spent outdoors during to COVID lockdowns. So guess what everyone, once again, I always say nature is so healing and apparently it even helps with depression. So if you can get out in nature for even five minutes a day, if you can sit on your back porch or your front porch or go for a walk without any phone, take off the smartwatch. If you can give yourself five minutes in nature, it might change everything in your day. Now it's a great way to start your day. And I always say like, literally don't, don't go outside with headphones on, like listen to the birds, feel what the air feels like hitting your face or the wind, listen to the trees, Smell in some of the flowers, like actually bend down to a flower and smell it. Use all your five senses, maybe not your taste sense. I don't want you to be eating some kind of poisonous flower. (laughs) But use your senses for five minutes in nature and you might be amazed at how it changes your day. And if you are someone right now who is struggling with depression, especially with COVID, as much as you can be in nature because it's only gonna help, it's not going to hurt. But also if you are struggling with depression and it's getting worse or you're just feeling very overwhelmed by it, never be afraid to seek help. Seek a therapist, ask a friend for a recommendation potentially, or your GP, ask them for a recommendation. Never be afraid to get help. I know so many people seeing a therapist right now because of COVID. And when I say that, what I mean is it's put an unreasonable amount of stress and anxiety in so many of our lives. And if you feel like that's you and you need that extra help, don't be afraid to go get it. Definitely go get it, but also spend a little extra time perhaps under a tree. Now let's get back to it. We are going to debunk some workout myths. Now Mayo Clinic put out a great article about debunking some top workout myths. So I'm gonna start with some of theirs and then I'm gonna move into five of my own that I repeatedly see. And I'm bringing up these workout myths because I don't want you doing things that you don't have to do just because you think that somehow it's helping you lose weight or helping you put on muscle, right? We don't want that. So let's get our facts straight and first move in to these myths that Mayo Clinic talks about. They said myth number one, stick solely to cardio for your weight loss, right? Have you heard that before? We got to do cardio, 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 all day cardio. You have to run. I've had people tell me they can only lose weight if they're running every single day. (sighs) While it's true that you should include maybe 20 to 30 minutes of cardio into some of your workout routines, honestly, if you're only focusing on cardio, it's not really going to transform your body as much as you think it is going to. And it's certainly not going to do it very quickly. People somehow think that cardio is the solution because it increases your heart rate. Uh, And as we talked about last week, when we talked about the fat burning zone, we talked about, well, a higher heart rate means you burn more calories. So cardio, 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 right? But in reality, you really need cardio workouts and strength training workouts because it's the strength training that is going to put muscle on your body. And the more muscle that you have on your body, the more you'll actually burn in calories all through the day. 
So the more muscle mass that you have, that actually increases your metabolism. But you cannot put on muscle with just a cardio class. Cardio or just running, you actually have to do some type of strength training. So people ask me all the time, Kim, you look great. You're, you know, you've got such good muscle tone. Well, I have to strength train to get it. And I will tell you this, strength training is not my favorite workout. I actually do love cardio, cardio, cardio. But I know that in order to put on muscle and have that kind of muscle tone, I have to strength train. So I strength train at least two days a week with weights. And then one day is usually some kind of yoga or body weight day. Yoga is to me still strength training, but done with body weight. And of course it depends on the kind of yoga. So don't think myth number one, stick solely to cardio for weight loss, that it's true because it is not. Now, myth number two, as we talk about strength training, I hear this all the time from the ladies that I train. They think that heavy weights will bulk me up. How many people are afraid to lift too heavy because you don't want to bulk up? Well, you may have heard this from many people, um, mostly women usually. Men don't seem to mind bulking up, but a lot of women don't want to lift too heavy because they say, I put on muscle easily and I don't want to bulk up like a bodybuilder. Okay, ladies, I wanna tell you now, it's pretty much a myth because for a female to really technically bolt up, you would have to strength train a lot and super heavy. Because let me tell you why, ladies, we don't have enough testosterone in our body to bulk up the same way that men do. And competitive female bodybuilders that you see, just so you know, they follow an incredibly strenuous and crazy, in my opinion, diet and workout program so that you can see the features of their body. And you may even realize that a lot of bodybuilders go through these phases where you see them super lean and huge and then they kind of get chubby. You know what I'm saying? In the nicest way possible, but they go through these ways because they go on these out of control diets to shed every bit of body fat so you can see every muscle in their body, but then you can't sustain that. So they go through these waves and it's usually always revolves around a competition. But ladies, I don't want you to worry. You likely would have to strength train every single day. And we're talking in the gym with massive weight, like men are around you, like they're spotting you because the weight's so heavy. That's what it would take. Now, that being said, I also am someone, I do put on muscle fairly easy. So if you are one of my clients and you're gonna say to me, but I put on muscle easily, I don't wanna bulk up. Here's my response to you. Do you think I look bulky? Because I put on muscle easily too, but I don't bulk up. Often you feel bulked up because you have some excess weight that still needs to come off. So it's not that the muscle is making you look bulky, it's actually that you probably have maybe a layer of fat that we need to get rid of with some weight loss. And so that's what you wanna remember. The more muscle you have on your body, the higher your metabolism and the more calories you're gonna burn. So don't be afraid of lifting heavy, ladies. Heavy weights will not bulk you up. Myth number three, I worked out today so I can eat anything. 
Ah, especially my runners and my endurance athletes who go on their huge runs on Saturdays or their brick workouts on weekends, and they think, I just burned a thousand plus calories. I can go eat pizza. I can have ice cream. I'm going for donuts after the run. They think they can eat everything. Well, yeah, I mean, you can if you want to undo everything that you just did (laughs) in your workout or while you were at the gym or whatever it is you were doing. You need to remind yourself that working out does burn calories, but you can never work off a bad diet. It doesn't happen. If it did, we would all be doing it, right? And honestly, haven't we all tried it? How many of us work out or went through a workout phase where they worked out so, 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 so hard and still ate bad, and that's why they never lost any weight? You've got to see food as fuel. You've got to see food as proper nutrition. And you have to understand that a hard workout, a workout of any type, you've burned calories. And you actually do need to consume calories after that, but they have to be healthy, nutritious calories. And if you're trying to lose weight, it is really important that you realize that all calories are not equal. So eating X amount of donut calories is not gonna be the same as eating the same amount of calories maybe that had healthy carbohydrates like you know eggs that had a lot of protein with maybe a sweet potato and that nutrition is so much more important and then the nutrients versus the calories from a donut. And if you're trying to lose weight, you have to get out of this mindset that I worked out today so I can eat unhealthy. Well, you can't, (laughs) it's a myth. Well, you can, but you can't lose weight that way and you're probably not gonna look your best or feel your best. Myth number four, stretching helps prevent injuries. And this one might be surprising. And this was good. This was good info and feedback from Mayo Clinic. They said that if you grew up playing sports, team stretching before a game was probably a regular routine. However, stretching before or after you exercise isn't proven to reduce your chances of getting an injury. Now, stretching is beneficial because it does prepare the muscles for movement and it eases your workout recovery. But what they're saying is that the research is just not there about reducing injury from stretching. So this isn't saying don't stretch because it's still super important for so many reasons. It might help your performance the next day. Um, Stretching after a workout might mean less soreness the next day as well. So doing your stretches is super important, but apparently according to research, it's not actually preventing a lot of injuries. Myth number five, If the number on the scale isn't going down, I'm not losing weight. That's a really tough one because everybody is so glued to this number on the scale. And half the time people tell me what their goal weight is, I'm always wondering, where does this number come from? Like sometimes I'll work with a client, say in their 40s or their 50s, and they're gonna, they give me a number for their goal weight, and I and I ask them, like, That's an interesting number. Like, where'd you get that number? Why is that your goal weight? And they'll be like, because that's what I was before babies. That's what I was in college. Okay, as our body ages, everyone, just so you know, we have a different body now. (laughs) 
right? For women especially, our hips have grown, our breasts have grown, our bodies have changed, we've had children. Now that doesn't mean you have to weigh more, um, but you probably will weigh more. I mean, I'm pretty fit, I'm 48 years old, and I do weigh about seven pounds more than I did in high school. Um, I weigh close to what I weighed in graduate school, I would say, that's about the same. But um, you know, you're not going to necessarily weigh what you weighed way back then, and you have to be okay with that. But this myth says, if the number on the scale isn't going down, I'm not losing weight. Many people focus on this number, as I said, who knows where they get this number for the scale. But the number on the scale is not always the best representation of your body's changes. The number on the scale is a factor of so many different things, like how much water you drink. It could be dehydration or overhydration, right? Uh, the number on the scale could be a factor of what you ate. I say it all the time. You're gonna go to Mexican food, you're gonna be up three pounds on the scale. It's not three pounds of fat, it's water weight, right? Even the time that you get on the scale will completely change how much you weigh. So if you get on the scale at night, I don't understand why people get on the scale at night. That is like one crazy thing I've never done. <laughs> I've done lots of crazy things, but I get on the scale at night, your weight's always going to be up because of all the fluid you've taken in and food you've taken in during the day. Bowel movements, if you're constipated, your weight's gonna be up. Does that mean you're not losing weight? No, it means you're backed up, right? That's what it means. And often when a person loses a lot of weight, they at some point also will see a plateau on the scale for certain periods of time. Now that's normal as well. If you really wanna accurately track your weight loss, you probably also wanna do measurements. And I have all my clients do measurements for the Earn That Body program. And the reason being, because as you also start to put on muscle, which I want you to put on muscle, because muscle is important for our bone density. Muscle is important to increase our metabolism. Muscle is important because all of you come to me and you wanna look ripped, then you gotta put on some muscle, right? And so when you put on muscle, that can also impact the number on the scale because muscle does weigh more than fat. So it's a really good idea to make sure that you're doing measurements as well as getting on the scale if you're in a weight loss journey because often, if my client does reach a plateau at some point or their nutrition is absolutely on game and their workouts are on game and we start seeing a plateau or a slight increase in weight, but then we check their measurements and they are down 10 inches. Now I know they've put on muscle. And again, it's great. And, and often you just know because your clothes still fit great. Or sometimes some clients say, I only lost a pound this week, but I, fit into my old skinny jeans. And a week ago, I couldn't do that. And so it's important for you to understand that the number on the scale sometimes doesn't go down, but it doesn't mean you're not still losing weight. Or I guess, I mean, if the, if the number on the scale isn't going down, then I guess you didn't technically lose weight, but you might be losing inches and you might still be on a proper path to your weight loss journey. So just keep that in mind. That's myth number five. Myth number six, cardio machines demonstrate burned calories with 100% accuracy. No, does anyone believe that? 
Maybe. Maybe you get on that cardio machine at the gym. I haven't been to the gym in so many years. But there, there are, I remember in the old days that a treadmill did tell you how many calories you burn and yet you weren't even necessarily wearing a heart rate monitor like sometimes you could just put your hand on top of it or something but some people really think that that number that the treadmill tells them as to how many calories they burned in a workout is accurate and usually it's not very accurate at all reason being because so many factors determine how many calories your body burns like your sex your age your current weight and if you didn't input all of that into your cardio machine then likely it's definitely not giving you any type of personalized data so something to think about as well myth number seven sticking to ab workouts is going to give me a six-pack well everyone abdominal workouts are great They're so good for your core. We need that. It's good for our posture as well. And everything we do comes from the core. So we do want strong abs, right? However, your overall body fat is what's preventing your abs from being seen, right? If you want a six pack, I always say you better start in the kitchen because you're probably going to have to remove a layer of fat in order to see your six pack. Now, everybody actually has a six pack under there. It's just maybe very, very far in. <laughs> and that's okay. So I'm not telling you not to do ab workouts. Like you want to be doing core workouts like three to four times a week because we want a strong core because that is where everything comes from, the core. Everything we do, we need a strong core, even runners. You're not going to make it that long in a marathon if you don't have a strong core. So we want the strong core, and I do want you to do ab workouts, but they are simply not enough to have a six-pack. And you just want to remember that when you go and work out and then you think you can eat anything, (laughs) but you can't if you want to see your six-pack. So ab workouts are not enough to give you that six-pack. Myth number eight, very important one, Supplements and protein shakes after workouts are necessary. Guess what, everyone? If you follow this podcast long enough, you know that I don't do any supplements, I don't take any protein powders, and I've pretty much provided enough research in so many podcast episodes to show that not only do we not need those things, but some of those things, most of them, are not even good for us, right? Supplements and protein shakes are just simply not necessary. The benefits that you get from a supplement or a protein shake, you can get naturally from a direct food source. Now, a lot of people love that chocolate milk for your protein. You know what? I would rather you drink chocolate milk than have a protein powder. You might have some turkey slices. You might have some peanut butter, Greek yogurt, the Eagle protein shake, which is My protein shake I created, real food only. If you want the recipe, I have a whole little recipe book for free. It's on my website, earnthatbody.com. Get the Eagle Protein Shake, protein powder free recipes. There's like five recipes in it. It's so good. You need real food to get the protein. That's what your body needs. Now you have to remember, these nutrition companies, these supplement companies, they are out to make money. This is a gazillion dollar industry. They want to convince you that you need their supplements because they want you to buy it month after month after month. I'm gonna save you all kinds of money. 
Stop buying the supplements, stop buying the protein powders, and apply that money to organic real food. Whenever someone tells me they can't afford organic, but then they show me all the supplements they buy or that they go to Starbucks every day, and I think, cut those things and you can buy all organic and have some money left over, right? The truth is we just don't need expensive shakes to get proper nutrients in our system. You can do it with real food, protein-rich foods after that workout. They do generally say you want that protein like 20 grams within 30 to 45 minutes of the workout, but it doesn't have to be a supplement. Myth number nine, if I'm not working up a sweat, then I'm not working hard enough. Now this one I think is so funny because sometimes we equate a sweat with, oh my God, that was obviously the best workout ever. But sweating is not an accurate way to measure how hard you've worked out. Let me give you a perfect example. A lot of these cycle studios, especially like, I'm not gonna actually mention any names, but a lot of these cycle studios are like tiny little boxes, right? You go into a room, there's no windows, and it is basically a hot box, which gosh, I just, I hope people aren't in these hot boxes during COVID, that's all I can say. But when you come out of a spin class that was in a little hot box with really no circulation, and you are just dripping sweat in there because it is so hot, it is so humid. I was in a class once, it was so humid. All of the windows were steamed over. I mean, everyone dripping sweat and you walk out and you just feel like, oh, that must, you look at people, that must have been the best workout ever. Look how sweaty you are. Okay, no, you would sweat in that room if you just sat there and didn't even take the cycle class because there's no circulation, there's no air on, you're dying of heat is what's going on. But that is not the same as working out hard, okay? So that's one example of how sweating is not equivalent to necessarily a hard workout. But another thing is that many factors go into how much a person sweats. It could be the temperature, like I said, the room was super hot. Um, It could be very hot outside, but it could be super cold outside. Like I can go for a six mile run in the cold here in the 30s and not sweat that much. Of course, in the summer, I'm dripping, right? Can also have to do with the humidity. It can have to do with hydration levels. The body is cooling itself as best it can, but not everybody sweats the same. Some people are very heavy sweaters and some people are not. That doesn't mean the person who is not a heavy sweater didn't get a good workout or didn't work hard enough. So don't think that working up a sweat or not working up a sweat has any correlation to how good or hard the workout was. Now the last myth by Mayo Clinic is one that I'm sure you know by now, I sure hope you know by now, but I hope you even more that you listen to this one. Meaning the myth is no pain, no gain. And while feeling uncomfortable during a workout is normal, they say, right? We do feel a little bit uncomfortable. Pain is not anything that you want to feel. Pain is the body's way of telling you something is wrong here. It could be I'm getting injured. It could be I am injured. It could be this is too much for me right now. So when I say I hope you listen to this one, I hope you listen to your body 
on this one. And I just had this conversation with my son the other night because I had commended him on being someone when he feels a little twinge or a little something off when he's running, he stops like right away and he doesn't push through it. And that is what we all need to do. And I told him when I was training for London Marathon, I felt something in my foot. I had dropped a ladder on my foot like the week before my 20 miler. It wasn't feeling fabulous, but I really wanted to get that 20 miler in. So I didn't listen to my body and my foot was hurting, but I just had to get the 20 miler in. (laughs) And some of you right now are like, oh, I so get it. But had I listened to my body, I might have been able to actually run the London Marathon. Instead, I may have pushed that day too hard into the stress fracture that I had. Now I did run the London Marathon, but I had to run walk it because I had a broken foot. I had a stress fracture. So no pain, no gain is not right. You do not want to feel pain. If you feel pain, please back off immediately. You will generally do more harm than you will good. Now I have five myths that I see a lot as well that I want to cover because these are really good ones too. So myth number 11 from Kim Eagle is cycling will give you big legs. Cycling will not give you big legs, ladies. That's kind of like lifting heavy will bulk me up. You would have to cycle at such a heavy power for such a long time, so many days in a row, in order to get big legs. It's not gonna happen. Cycling will not give you big legs, lady. Now again, you might be like, but I, my legs are getting bigger. I'm not saying you don't have weight to lose and when we put on muscle and we have a layer of fat on top of it, yes, sometimes you may feel like that, you might feel like you're bigger, but you need the muscle to burn more calories. We likely just have to work with your diet to shed that last layer of fat because really, ladies, again, we don't have the testosterone in our body to really get that big from cycling. So I wouldn't be too afraid of cycling. Myth number 12, I have to run my marathon pace on my long run days so that I know I can run my marathon at the pace I need to run. That is highly detrimental. And it's not just running my marathon pace, but in general, you think, or so many people think, they need to run their long runs on the weekends usually at a faster pace, but you're doing more harm than good. You generally need to run your long runs at a fairly easy, comfortable pace. It could be anywhere from a minute to even two minutes slower than your marathon pace. If you don't and you're running 20 plus miles at this high or faster pace run, you're looking at injury, you're looking at longer recovery. That's what people really don't get. If you're gonna already go out and run 15 plus miles, your body needs time to recover from that. If you're gonna run 15 plus miles at a fast pace as well, you need to recover for even longer. And yet you wanna run the next day, maybe then two days later, you shouldn't because you're probably gonna injure yourself. So the long runs are slow pace. Please stop making your long runs a fast pace. It's just not how it works. And you will be so much faster if you do the right thing and run your long runs at the right pace. Myth number 13, women should lift light and high repetitions. 
to get toned. How many times have we heard that, right? It's kind of old school. I think it's old school now, and you have to let me know. Are, are they still saying that, that women should lift light and do lots of reps? Because it's really just not true. If you really want to change your body, you've got to lift heavy enough that the last, I say, two reps are a real struggle, okay? And you can't really do that if you're just lifting light. Like if I'm going to lift light and a lot of reps, then it's going to take me like five minutes to even start to feel a bicep curl. If, if you don't feel it at all, like you finish your set and you don't feel it at all, I can pretty much tell you that nothing's changing in your body. Like you have to get a little bit uncomfortable to strength train enough to put on muscle. And so why sit there for like 20 minutes with a three pound weight doing bicep curls if you could do eight reps at a fairly heavy weight and be struggling by the last two and then you're done? right? That's where you're going to get changed. So women not lifting heavy enough and they they think they have to go light and high reps, you got to get past that. I don't lift light. I lift heavy. And I should say heavy for me. I, I think many of my clients can lift much heavier than I do, but I go slow because again, if you're going fast with your weights, then you can lift heavier. Like if you're using momentum every time you do that bicep curl, it's not doing the job you want it to do. So make sure that you're lifting heavy enough that the last two reps are a struggle. And if you're doing more than 15 reps, I can tell you right now, go ahead and get a heavier weight. I generally say eight to 10 reps max. You should be feeling it by 10. If you're not, go up in weight. Now, sometimes you go up in weight and maybe at at five, you can't do anymore. Then drop the weights down gently, pick up a lighter weight and finish the set. That's one thing. Like you fatigued yourself so much at five reps because you went heavy, then you can go ahead and switch the weight and drop down. But again, going too light and going on and on and on with 15, 20, 30 reps, it's not going to change your body. Myth number 14. You should be drinking an energy drink or an electrolyte drink for all your workouts. Like you need that, right? Well, the supplement company wants you to think that. The electrolyte company wants you to think that. The energy drink wants you to think that. But guess what? If your workout is under an hour, you should not need any type of extra special drink other than water. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean you should be going into a workout without calories. I mean, if you're drinking something like that because you haven't eaten in four hours and now you're going to do a workout and and you're like kind of shaky and you need something, well, that's one thing. It would be better, however, to eat a solid snack 30 minutes before that workout that's real food, like, you know, a banana with some peanut butter. That might satiate you and give you the carbohydrates that you need to get through that workout. But you do not need, and they say this, there should be no energy drink, electrolyte drink, anything for anything that is an hour or less. Now, for my endurance athletes, when you get over an hour, they say 75 minutes, that's when you potentially need to start taking some kind of fuel in, and it might be through some kind of energy drink or electrolyte drink. That's okay. And it's also dependent on how much you sweat. So like a heavy sweater in the summer who's like dying and they cramp up in a swim class, 
I might have to then say, even though your swim class was only an hour, that you might need some kind of electrolyte drink because maybe you're a heavy sweater and you're losing too much sodium. But that's about it for the hour and under. But other than that, yes, endurance athletes, you do need it, but not for the hour and under. So give your body a break from all of those supplements and drinks. Like, again, endurance athletes, we have to take so much of that stuff. And it's like, it's not all super healthy. Again, it's always best to have real food, but you can't have real food, I understand, on your 100-mile bike ride. So just limit the days that you take in that kind of fuel, and you do not need it if the workout is an hour or less. And then the final myth. Are you ready for the final myth? You've heard me talk about it before, but people do it. People say it all the time. They say, I'm going to work out on an empty stomach, fasted state, because I will burn more fat. I have done a podcast on this. We have talked about this. It's not true. Jillian Michaels has said it many times. It's not true. You're not going to burn more fat. You want to know why? Because your body is in a fasted state. So you think, I woke up, I didn't eat, I'm going to go right into that workout without food because they think they'll be in that fat burning zone. Remember we talked about that in the last episode? They think, and then I will be burning fat instead of carbohydrates and then I'm going to lose more weight. No, what's going to happen is you're not going to have any energy for this workout. You're not going to be able to give 110% because again, you have no fuel in your system. You're going to be more lethargic and that means you're not going to burn as many calories. And at the end of the day, as we discussed in last week's podcast episode, you got to burn calories to lose weight. And so you would have been better off having breakfast and then working out because now you can give 120% on that workout. You're going to have better performance and you're going to burn more calories that way. So do not go into a workout on an empty stomach or in a fasted state because you're not going to burn more fat. You're not going to lose weight. And so help me if it's working for you, great. But if you're like, I do that and I feel great, but then you admit to me, but I don't lose any weight or, you know, my performance hasn't gotten any better, you might want to shift that one thing. And there you have it. 15 myths, workout myths, debunked. These aren't true. Don't let these things prevent you from giving your all in workouts and all that. You guys know what to do. You need to work out. You need to cross train. You need to allow for active recovery days. You need to have days off. You need to push hard some days, but not all days. All the things we talk about every week, but don't don't fall for the miss. I know you're smarter than that, but I think it's important that sometimes we do bring it up. And some make you laugh and some make you think, oh my God, I kind of believed that one, <laughs> right? So I hope it debunked these myths for you. I hope you enjoyed the podcast episode. If you have any questions about getting in the Earn That Body program with personalized nutrition and workouts so that you are bikini body ready, spring break body ready. Yes, I actually do work with men too, so it doesn't have to be just bikini body. But uh, now uh, now is about the time we gotta get you in the program. You, you won't be bikini body ready if you start at spring break, right? So start to think about, you know, getting your nutrition on track, getting some workouts on track. All of my workout programs are 100% online. Nobody should be back at the gym yet. Um, We're just not there yet. I want you all to stay so safe. So all of my programs are ideal for COVID because they can be done from home. And other than that, I hope you have a wonderful week, a healthy week. Stay safe. Wear those masks still. And the Earn That Body podcast, again, is always here to bring you fitness, health, and nutrition information you can put into play 
right away. Talk to you next week, team. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.